Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Find out more about their upcoming DU Expo at duckexpo.com. And by the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources Hunter Education Program, dnr.wi.gov. I'm Dan Small. Today, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Outdoors Editor Paul Smith tells us what he loves about the Journal Sentinel Sports Show. And we'll learn about the National Archery in the Schools program. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. It's time now for Madison Outdoors, and you hear this feature every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 AM, on our podcast also, anytime at all, on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, and now OutdoorNews.com. And joining us again is Pat Hasberg. He's proprietor of DNS Bait, Tackle, and Fly Shop, located on Northport Drive on Madison's northeast side. His website is dsbait.com. He's got links to his other social media pages there, including his Facebook page, and he also posts a weekly fishing report every Friday morning. Well, Pat, thanks for joining us, and welcome back. Hey, Dan, always a pleasure. Well, I seem to ask you this question every time we talk. How's the ice? Now, we had some rain pretty much throughout southern Wisconsin. I don't know how much you got there in Madison. Yeah, I think the totals down here were about an inch and a half of rain. Quite a bit of water come down, and it definitely didn't help the ice. But really, the ice is still in pretty great condition. Folks are still running ATVs out all over Lake Mendota, and you know they're fishing up here on Cherokee on the north side of town. They're fishing Monona Bay still, and basically still fishing everywhere. The only place I'd advise people to use caution is around shoreline areas where you know you might get some runoff come in there. So, what are you hearing? What's going on? Well, the perch bite is still pretty good out there on Mendota. Guys are still out getting good numbers of perch. A lot of action on the west basin of Lake Mendota. But they're finding some perch now near Governor's Island and a few fish scattered out in the main basin out uh, more on the east side of town. They're uh, getting some perch out there. The walleye bite's been great on some of the mid-lake humps. I've been hearing about some nicer fish coming off of Guns Bars, Second Point, Greeley Bars. They've all been producing some good walleyes. Uh, and the pike bite all around the chain remains fantastic. Just a, a ton of pike out there right now. A lot of them in the 20 to 30 inch range, but with spawning for the pike right around the corner, they're starting to put the feed bag on and I've been hearing about several 40 plus inch fish coming out of the water too. Yeah, the action's uh, picking up here. Now, most people who fish pike use tip-ups and either dead smelt or big shiners, and then you got to release them uh, if you got a, a fish. Oh, people release most of their pike, even the so-called keepers, right? Yep, I had a, a guy in the shop just the other day, and he, he uses uh, smelt and also the jumbo shiners that I have here. He had caught one pike that was 34, or I'm sorry, 43 and a quarter, and then he caught another one that was 44. Wow. So both those fish were released, and he showed me the video, and, geez, it looked like some kind of a magic trick where he was pulling the fish out, and the fish just kept coming and coming and coming. It was <laughs> really something to see. Yeah. There's some big fish out there, especially on Mendota with that 40-inch size one. It's a real giant. And how do you think they do if they're hooked, uh, having grabbed, you know, a live shiner or a smelt? Most people using little trebles? Most folks use trebles. That works just fine. Personally, I like to run just a large circle hook. And, you know, I seem to do just fine as far as hookups go. And I just switched all over to circle hooks this year at a recommendation of a friend. And it's worked out great. And a lot. Of, the nice thing about those is most of the time, the hook is right in the corner of the mouth, so you're not dealing with as many of those uh, deep hooks down there. And even if you do get the hook down in further, you're just dealing with one hook that you have to get out instead of trying to negotiate three hooks. But I would say generally most people do use treble hooks, and that works just fine. I would just encourage folks to try to get to your flags sooner rather than later. You know, the sooner you can set that hook, the less chance you have of that hook being embedded too deep in the fish's mouth. And, of course, if you're using circle hooks, you, you don't have to set the hook. They basically hook themselves in the corner of the mouth, don't they? That's right. And, and in fact, I found if you even jerk the hook just a little bit, you can set that hook uh, deeper in the in the throat. So it, it is better to just kind of just grab the line and let them kind of set the hook themselves and that hook just kind of works its way right out to the corner of the mouth. And then you risk snapping off 
as much because you got that hook right there in the corner. You're not running your leader back and forth across the tees. And it's worked out pretty great for me all season. I, I've landed quite a, quite a good number of pikes. Oh, neat. Now, you mentioned perch earlier. I've heard, and I haven't looked into this, um, but maybe you have, I've heard that there's a proposal to change the bag limit on perch on the chain. Have you heard anything about that? Changing the bag limit on, on all panfish, actually. Uh-huh. So uh, just a 15-fish bag limit. That was something that was proposed in the last Conservation Congress hearing. And the DNR, actually, I talked to some fish biologists, they thought that that was going to flop miserably, but it was actually widely supported by most of the people that voted in that. So now the DNR is looking at changing the regulation, I believe, to 10 or 15. I, I can't remember what it was, but um, that'll, that'll definitely help the populations, cause, especially with, on the perch side of things, because you get a lot of people that wind up pulling small perch up from deep water. And, you know, of course, the, due to the barrel trauma, those fish, those fish are dead either way. So it'll be nice to hopefully uh, counter that a little bit with lower bag limits. Unless people just put those little ones back in the hole and try to get their 10 or 15 big ones, you know, that's, that can work both ways. Well, and that's just, it, it can work both ways, but I, I always try to encourage folks, if, you, if you're out perch fishing and you come across some small fish, just move, mm-hmm. because you're, you're likely going to find more small fish, and I also encourage folks to keep whatever they pull up through the ice, no matter how small it is, just to keep the population healthy it's just best to go look for keepers rather than continue to pull up small fish after small fish yep yep absolutely well how about some of the other lakes well lake monona has a a really great perch population right now and folks are marking huge schools of fish and, and some good size out there the only problem is those schools for whatever reason this year are moving extra fast and they're really hard to stay on top of so the only folks that i've heard having any kind of success at staying on those schools are, are those that use the forward-facing sonars, so, you know, like your live scopes and stuff like that, yep. um, where they can kind of predict the direction of the school and then get ahead of them mm-hmm. and then uh, put down and catch the school as it goes by. But the schools are over there are moving really fast, but they are getting some nice fish when they do. Monona Bay is continuing to be, you know, the panfish factory that it is. The crappies have started to move in there, and those fish will continue to move in, and they will be hanging out until they spawn, usually, you know, mid-May or so, late May, depending on the year. Down the rest of the chain, you know, honestly, it's been a little hit and miss down there. You know, occasionally I'll hear about some folks getting into some perch on Kiganza or Wabisa, but a lot of tight, tight-lipped tight fish down there. Uh, the panfish bite on both those lakes, same thing. I'll hear occasional reports of, of good catches, but for the most part, people are struggling on Wabisa and Kiganza these, these last couple of weeks. Well, all right, and um, gosh, we got to wrap this up pretty quick here, but I understand you got some specials now. That's right, yeah, you know, with with uh, winter winding down and, you know, trying to clear the shelves off, got some big orders coming in for summer stuff, so got some good deals on power augers, got some good deals on beaver dam tip-ups, and we'll be putting some other stuff up, so if people follow us on social media, they can get the hot tip on what's going on sale here at the shop. All right, and quickly, trout streams, people must be trout fishing with the warmer weather, although runoff has got to have some kind of impact. Yeah, the runoff is certainly a concern, and, you know, after this rain we got, the streams are going to be kind of blown off for a few days here, but I bet, you know, by the weekend we'll be looking at some decently fishable water, and, yeah, the folks have been getting on fish mostly in deeper pools, lower water, fishing something slow and low is kind of the, the name of the game this time of year. I have been hearing about some good hatches coming off, so dry flies have been effective. Usually dark fly patterns on the surface have been working well for folks. All right, and your store hours? We're open 6 to 6 every day, uh, except on Sunday we close at 5. All righty. Well, thanks so much, Pat, and we'll talk more about trout maybe next time, uh, because uh, pretty soon that ice is not going to be navigable anymore, and people are going to be focused on inland waters, plus the walleye season is over now or virtually so yeah folks will be hitting the river soon and yeah trout fishing is the best is yet to come here right around the corners great thanks so much we'll talk soon thanks dan you bet pat hasberg proprietor of dns bait tackle and fly shop on Northport drive on the northeast side of madison his website dsbait.com you can find him on facebook as well this is the madison outdoors report i'm dan small you're listening to outdoors radio
The Wisconsin Open Season Sportsman's Expo, presented by Progressive and Can-Am, returns to Kalahari Resorts and Conventions in the Wisconsin Dells, March 24th through 26th. Come see the latest products, gear, and equipment for hunting and outdoor enthusiasts. Try before you buy cutting-edge products and shop special show-only pricing. Also, bring your buck for scoring in the Trophy Deer Contest. Purchase tickets in advance online at OpenSeasonSportsmansExpo.com. The Wisconsin Open Season Sportsman's Expo is presented by Progressive and Can-Am. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupie and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupie.com, and all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. And the firm of Hupie and Abraham has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes. Michael Hupie is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers, and he's offering a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. So if you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, visit MilwaukeeCrimeStoppers.com. Well, joining me once again from Wisconsin Rapids, Jeff Kelm. Well, Jeff, you're between tournaments, and you got another one this weekend, right? Yeah, this weekend in, um, uh, where are we? We're near Dassel, Minnesota, uh, Washington Lake, um, just north of Hutchinson, Minnesota. And um, we're we're looking for seven crappies and seven bluegills once again. I suppose eight crappies and seven bluegills, but... Uh, well, uh, it's a much different type of lake that we're on this time than the last. It's a, we're still chasing, you could call them basin fish, but it's not quite a 30, you know, 40 foot basin that, that the fish will be off of. This is the deepest part of this lake is 17 feet. Oh. Um, and it's chocked full of weeds in, in the, in the shallows. So, uh, you gotta look at everything and, and, um, the challenge of this lake is, uh, water clarity is not the same. So, uh, hard to look in a camera, and when you're in the weeds, it's hard to even look with a forward-facing sonar. So a, a little harder, at least. It'll so. be a challenge then, yeah. Yeah, so for sure. So y- your tournament last oh, a couple of weeks ago now was on a deeper lake. Were some of those crappies coming up from deep water, or the bluegills as well? Yeah, so we caught a lot of those crappies in that uh, 25 to 23-foot range. Um, they were sitting you know, in water that was about 29 to 30 feet. Um, and, uh, we could tell that some of those fish, uh, you know, when we bring them up relatively quickly, uh, they, they weren't going back. We took a number of fish home over the course of a few days. Mm-hmm. And that's due to what they call barotrauma, which is barometric pressure impacting fish. Uh, we saw it on walleyes and saugers up on Lake of the Woods uh, last month. Gosh, we were taking them out of just about 30 feet, right on bottom, about 30 feet of water, and a lot of them came up with bulging eyes, and one or two had their their swim bladder coming out of their mouth, and mm-hmm. uh, we kept every fish that was presented a fillet opportunity, let me put it that way, sure. and yep. we were told later that pretty much uh, all, all those smaller fish would die. And why is that when that happens? Yeah, so, uh, you know, fish have a have that swim bladder, as you talked about, and you've got that regulation within that uh, within that fish. That's what allows them to rise up in the water column and, and, and sink down in the water column. It's, it's a secondary muscle that they have in their body. And when you bring them up quickly, they have no chance of regulating that. Um, and, and it puts a ton of pressure on that system. And sometimes it even, that, that, that swim bladder will pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll actually explode. And, and that fish has no chance of regulating itself ever again. 
And is there any remedy for that? Uh, we've read about it, may, maybe you've even practiced it in the past, you know, what they call fizzing, poking a, a, a sharp needle into a fish to kind of deflate it. Um, yeah, so think? fizzing is something that uh, can it can be done in some places legally. On the tournament circuit, you know, we try to, to fizz fish where we can. We don't typically fish uh, fizz walleyes, but we will fizz bass. They seem to take to it better. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, walleyes, I mean, you you look at a walleye wrong, it's going to die anyways. But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, bass tend to uh, tend to be a little bit stronger in that in that category. You know, there's there's a few different tricks out there that people have used, and and I really have haven't seen it so much in the open water um, uh, freshwater world. But there's a lot of guys that'll fish for those rockfish and things like that up in Alaska, where they're jigging them from the from the bottom and bringing them up. And if it's not a legal size fish, they actually have a secondary attachment where where it's like a clip that they can clip to their lip and a weight, and they clip that fish back onto their line. And they let that line go and it, and it, and it drags that fish all the way back down to where it came from. They can actually mm-hmm. get it right down to the same depth and yeah. then release that clip. And oh. that helps that fish regulate that. It, it automatically puts that fish back in the same state that it was when it, before it came up. Um, we really don't have that same system or set up here you know a lot of the the barotrauma fish that we're going to run into are, are crappies and stuff like that anyways which are great eating you know table fare uh so the real recommendation is right now at least is if you're catching fish in those deeper waters consider that just a consumable you're you're going to keep those fish whether it's perch on mendota or crappies on a basin somewhere it doesn't matter that it's six inches you're going to keep those fish. I was actually just talking to Jim Kasuda the other day, and his concern with some of the regulatory changes that may be coming to Lake Mendota is that they're going to start limiting the amount of, of perch you can keep, and he's afraid guys are going to be releasing a lot of dead fish because right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. you could go through 25 fish, put them all on uh, on the on the ice, uh, assuming that they would all die if you put them back because you caught them from, from deep water, only fillet a percentage of them because you know you're bound to catch some some little fish and and you'll be fine now uh he feels it's going to be a little bit more of a culling effort if you go to a a a smaller um handful of fish that you're allowed to keep he feels like more fish are going to get thrown back in that that are ultimately just going to die anyways so it's something to think about uh i think a lot of folks haven't really you know put through that that same thought process no, absolutely. And folks, there is an article in the current outdoor news on uh, just this very topic uh, and the impact on crappies. So take a look at it if you haven't seen it yet. Well, this week's giveaway, six pairs of tickets to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show next weekend, March 9 through 12 at State Fair Park. To enter, call 414-297-7554 or email me at dsoradio at gmail.com. Make sure you leave your name, number, and email address regardless of how you contact us and mention the ticket giveaway for the sports show. I'll be at the sports show at State Fair all four days, and there's also a big expo at the Kalahari Resort in the Dells, the Open Season Sportsman's Expo. That's coming up March 24th through the 26th. Well, coming up, Journal Sentinel Outdoors editor Paul Smith shares some memories from past Milwaukee sports shows, and he tells us why the sports show is such a great attraction for outdoors enthusiasts. And first, though, we'll talk to DNR Archery Education Specialist Craig Richardson about upcoming archery tournaments statewide. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. The 82nd Annual Journal Sentinel Sports Show returns to Wisconsin State Fair Park March 9th through 12th. The longest-running outdoor recreation show in the nation features big-name entertainment, outdoor skills learning, and hundreds of vendors and businesses. Headlining the show is outdoors woman, TV show host, author, and social media personality, Eva Shockey. Learn fishing strategies from Bass Elite Series pro John Cruz. And self-proclaimed grillologists Mad Dog and Merrill will demonstrate their grilling secrets. For Journal Sentinel Sports Show tickets and information, go to jssportshow.com.
Attention future hunters. Hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The National Archery in the Schools Program, or NASP, N-A-S-P, began in Kentucky back in 2002, and today more than a million students participate in scholastic archery programs every year. You can learn more about what's going on in Wisconsin at dnr.wi.gov if you just search for NASP. And Wisconsin's NASP program is going strong. And joining us to talk about archery in the schools here in Wisconsin is the DNR's archery education specialist, Craig Richardson. Well, Craig, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Good morning, Dan. How does NASP work? It's boys and girls competing together, I understand, but what's the structure of the NASP program? The National Archery in the Schools program is primarily an archery program set up to be in the schools. That's the foundation. That's where everything starts. From there, many schools will have an archery club, and the archery club gets the kids more active in archery and also prepares them for shooting tournaments. There are a number of tournaments throughout the state at different schools, and then there's a a state tournament to finish up the year. You are the coordinator for Wisconsin. How how did you get into archery? Well, I've been in archery all my life. I'm primarily a bow hunter. I bow hunt whitetails and black bears. That's where my interest came from. Regarding archery, I also coach a NASP team at the Osseo Fairchild High School. How many schools in Wisconsin have programs? The list we have is in the area of 550 schools in the state of Wisconsin that have NAS programs. How does it work? What kind of training does a student need to participate, and what do they do? Well, it all starts with training the instructors. There has to be a faculty member that is trained. It's called Basic Archery Instructor Training, or BAI. And the, usually it happens in the FIAD department. FIAD teacher is trained with the principles of NASP and teaches it in FIAD class. Beyond that, if there is a club, the coaches are also trained as BAI instructors. So then the coaches and the FIAD teachers, they teach the students in a certain particular way. There is a step-by-step process for teaching archery in the program. Okay, and then once kids are in the program, what kinds of benefits do they get other than a little exercise and become better archers? 
depends on the kids. There's some kids that are very competitive and they like shooting tournaments and each tournament there's there's awards. There's individual awards, there's team awards. And then um, some kids just like to come to the club and um, they just like to shoot archery. Now, when I was in high school many years ago, we shot bows and arrows in, in gym classes, I remember. But we had an organized rifle team, and we were considered athletes right along with the basketball players and uh, football players and all the other jocks, you know. Is, is that the same case with the archery program? It depends on the school or the school district. Different schools handle it in different ways. Some of the schools in my area in western Wisconsin actually does consider it a legitimate sport. They have official teams and, and it's taken very seriously. Other schools kind of do it as a sideline type of thing, um, interscholastic type of activity, club type of activity. So there's really no set way it's handled, so there's, there's a spectrum there. Okay. Tell us about the state tournament. The state tournament is going to be held on March 25th, or I'm sorry, March 24th and 25th, two-day tournament, Friday and Saturday. It's going to be in the Wisconsin Dells at the Woodside Sports Complex Dome, and we are going to have close to 1,600 kids shoot the bullseye range and about 550 kids shoot the 3D range over the two-day period. After this tournament, do some go on to a national competition? There is a national competition. Uh, actually, there's two national competitions. There's a Eastern Nationals and a Western Nationals. Wisconsin is part of the Eastern Nationals, and that will be held in Kentucky. If anybody's interested in that, they can certainly Google that. Other than the shooting practice and the, the tournaments, what do you hear from kids or from teachers about the benefits of this program? Archery is very popular these days. Um, we certainly expected that since we had the pandemic and a lot of virtual learning, we expected that this year the teams would need some time to rebuild after being out because we haven't had a state tournament since 2019 but we're finding that we're basically picking up where we left off the numbers for the state tournament are as strong or stronger than they were in 2019 some of the kids that get into archery don't get involved in any other sports so it is a good way to bring a different activity into the student population so i think it's uh, good for everybody all right, and it is a level playing field, isn't it? Because you don't have to be super strong as long as you can draw back that Genesis bow and send an arrow down range, you can compete. That's a good point. The uh, equipment we use is all standardized. The bare Genesis bow, we do not shoot with sights. We do not shoot with releases. Everything is identical. It is a level playing field. Those bows can be turned down. The NAS program actually starts with fourth graders and goes up through 12th grade. And it's all the same bows regardless of, of age or strength of the, of the archer. Fantastic. Well, how can a school get involved if uh, someone listening doesn't think their school has a program? How can they get involved? If a school does not have a program, they can certainly get a hold of me. They go to the NASP site, uh, the state coordinator contact information is listed. There are a number of programs to get schools involved. The first step is to do the training of the teachers and coaches, and once that's done, there are grant programs for schools to buy equipment. You need the correct bow and the arrows and the targets and all that type of thing, and there are some grant programs that we are offering and the NASP organization is offering to get new schools involved. Fantastic. Well, Craig, thanks so much for sharing this information with us, and uh, I'm sure you're going to be a busy guy this month as the schools get ready for the tournament. Yes, March 
finishes my busy season. All right. Thank you so much. Craig Richardson is the DNR's archery education specialist. You can learn more about archery programs for kids in Wisconsin schools on the DNR website. The keyword would be NASP. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. The 82nd Annual Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show at State Fair Park is just a week away now. You'll find information and advanced tickets online at jssportsshow.com. And joining us now to talk about the sports show and things you can do this time of year around Wisconsin is Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Outdoors Editor and good friend of mine, Paul Smith. Well, Paul, thanks for joining us and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Thank you, Dan. So great to speak with you again and be on the air. I'm looking out my window right now, and it's about 40 degrees, <laughs> and snow has been melting. And boy, there's, uh, this is this is uh, uh, quite a time of year for outdoors people in Wisconsin. It is, and we'll get to that. But let's talk about the sports show first. I've been <laughs> working this show, as I told Stephen Buzza last week. For about, well, not quite 40 years, but going on, you know, more than 35. And it's been a rite of spring for a lot of folks here. And I know you've been attending the show since before you actually worked it. Now, it's part of your job as the outdoors editor. But when did you start going to the sports show? Yeah, I did, Dan. I grew up in Racine County, so southeastern Wisconsin. And... My father would take me to the sports show. I always loved fishing and hunting, and uh, I used to I used to bug him to you know, hey dad, could we could we go? I used to read. Uh, my parents actually subscribed to four newspapers, uh-huh. and uh, when I was a kid, uh, I learned where the outdoor section was for all of them: Milwaukee Journal, Milwaukee Sentinel. Racine Journal Times and the Chicago Tribune, and so the Sentinel used to sponsor this show. It used to get started as Milwaukee Sentinel Sports Show. Right. Uh, right. I I would see that in their sports section. Uh, Don Johnson was a longtime outdoors writer for them. He would preview so many other things. And uh, so one year, my dad relented and took me. And uh, this was in the late '60s and early 70s and it was held downtown milwaukee at the old arena yeah and uh oh my goodness uh i have vivid memories it was the first time i ever saw a grown man cry but uh, there was a one of the things they had at the show which was done then it's not done now but they had a bear oh the wrestling, the wrestling bear bear yeah yeah <laughs> and and i my dad my dad, who was worldwide and, you know, military veteran and everything, been around, he, he said, when he walked in there and he saw that, he goes, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta see this show. So we got, we got seats up close. And Victor was trained to basically fall on his back and let paid customers go in the cage. <laughs> there was a trainer in there, yeah. but that they would, they would, they would pretend to pin Victor. In any case, um, one of the times Victor, didn't comply <laughs> and the guy and he just you know he was like probably a 400 pound bear yeah and he just kind of instead of rolled over he kind of cuffed this guy who had gotten in to, to try to pin him and and he whopped him upside the head Ooh. the guy just decked him decked him and the guy was stunned and <laughs> and and terrified and start he was crying yeah and when they when they ushered him out of the out of the case, any case, um, that was the era of the sports show that I started going to, and there was so much to do. I got hooked. We walked around. I remember also going to. Well, first of all, you have to allow me that you can understand how 
like an eight-year-old kid would be fascinated by seeing a, a big black bear. Oh yeah, not not knock me into the ground. But we were also walking around. I remember one of uh, a fishing line company had a booth, and you they they challenged you to tie your best knot, uh-huh. and then they would do the break. They showed you the breaking strength yeah. of it. Yeah. And then they had experts there who could show you. Well, here's if you tied tied it slightly differently, or uh, here's our here are other knots to tie. So I just I remember I learned a ton there, and we saw people give fly casting demonstrations. We uh, fished in the trout pond, which is now still held. I got hooked on it, and I remember buying elk jerky for the first time in my life. <laughs> I can probably still taste that and smell the buttered popcorn. Um, and so that's when I got started. I was I was a kid, and boy, I wanted to go every year after that, and, and mostly we did. So that was in my 10-year-old time frame into my teens. When I got a driver's license, I used to drive up there and go on my own. And then when I started working as an outdoors writer in 1994 for the Journal Times and Racine, I used to come to the show so often to get story ideas sure. and work on stories. You'd give seminars, other people would give seminars. Saw Red Green the one year and did a show with him. You yep. were you were involved with that. Yep. Doug Hoskins and Jeff Engel would give turkey calling seminars. I turned so many of the things into stories or, or you know, uh, the augmented stories I was working on. So then it became a part of my work, but now I actually work for the company I'm still a big fan of this type of a sports show where you can walk in and you know, meet and talk to people face-to-face. It still offers so many of those things like the trout pond, like vendors with Canadian fishing lodges and fishing guides and other things. I'm still a fan of the show. Yeah, I can tell you are. And even though you have to work it, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> and you, you've been going to this show longer than I have. The, the Victor the Bear was before my time, but I've heard many <laughs> stories. And I, I don't think I've ever met the man who wrestled him. But if there's any listener out there who actually wrestled the bear or whose yeah. grandpa or uncle wrestled the bear, you come up and then see me at the show or see Paul and let us know. I want to get a picture with you if that's the case. <laughs> well, And you still interview people at the show. You still get stories uh, at the show. I know you talked to uh, my friend uh, uh, Lauren Voss, the Wisconsin Turkey Commander, and Eva Shockey, you've interviewed her, and the lady who's putting on the wolf seminars and the wolf display, Glorianne Klein. Uh, you've worked with her before, yes. and I understand you're going to be emceeing the seminar this year, right? That's correct. On Saturday, there will be a presentation. If anybody's interested in wolf management in Wisconsin, this is, a, I think, an excellent opportunity uh, to learn more or to come and ask questions. Um, Randy Johnson, who's the Department of Natural Resources large carnivore specialist, so he's in charge of the bear and wolf programs. Randy Johnson will be given a presentation on the draft wolf plan that's currently out for review. So if you have any questions on it, want to learn more, he's going to present that for about an hour, Mm -hmm. uh, as, as well as information on wolves in Wisconsin generally. Then we're going to have an hour of a panel with Randy Johnson participating. We have a representative from the Wisconsin Farm Bureau participating to talk to especially about the challenges that livestock producers face. Sure. And we're going to have Peter David there, who's a representative of the tribes in Wisconsin. He, he's a recently retired biologist from Glyphwick, the Great Lakes Indian Fish and Wildlife Commission. So we'll have a panel of experts to talk about various aspects of wolves in Wisconsin. So that's happening, yes, on Saturday. I'm going to moderate the panel. That happens at, I believe it's at 2 o'clock on the Saturday of the show. Uh-huh. Love to see people there. And I'll be developing more stories from the show this year, that's for sure. You touched on something else. As a young boy, you went with your dad. I remember maybe 10 or 15 years ago, Brad Karstead and I were setting up at the show, and this young man, probably in his 30s, comes up, and he's got a couple boys with him. One was his son and I think two or three friends. And it was like a guy herding cats. 
You know, you've uh, you've seen this. You've seen this at the show. I know you have. This guy comes up to me and he says, I don't have a lot of time, but I want to thank you. You and this show and your TV show got me started hunting and fishing. My dad didn't do it. My grandpa didn't do it. But I want to teach my son and his friends, and I'm carrying on the tradition through them. And when, I'm choking up Nate just talking about this. When he left, I turned to Brad and I said, that's why we do this. This is oh, the heritage. It, yeah. It's a justification, uh, if I need one, for me to keep doing this at my age. Oh, it's fantastic. Here's an opportunity for people to actually come and see someone face-to-face. Yeah. You're going to be at the show. There's going to be other people at the show who people may look up to or know about in the industry. And this includes fishing guides and lodge owners. So, absolutely. I'm still a fan of a in-person experience. Uh-huh. So, and th- and there, there are other shows out there. I'm a fan of all of them for that opportunity to actually look somebody in the eye talk to them face-to-face and, you know, shake their hand and whatever the topic may be. I, I like that. And as you pointed out earlier, the fathers and mothers with kids or uncles with nieces and nephews, aunts with nieces and nephews, anybody, even neighbors with kids in the neighborhood, sure. church groups, Boy Scout troops, Girl Scout troops, whatever. It's just a tremendous opportunity for young people to go to a show and see a variety of things. It, that's the, the thing about this Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show is it is a variety show. It is not a niche show. You you can find things about certain niches there. A couple of years ago, I saw an inflatable kayak yeah. and an inflatable paddleboard for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Wow. And you can go to shows where that's all that that's about. But this show is one of the throwbacks where there's entertainment, there are lodges, there are fishing guides, there are manufacturers representing products, there's activities. People can climb the rock wall, they can fish in the trout pond, they can shoot air rifles, and they can shoot archery. They can participate in the archery contest, which is quite a thing put on by Westtown Archery. That brings in hundreds of people. And maybe somebody isn't into archery right now, but they could come to the show and see somebody shoot and it might be an entry for them to find out more and decide that's something they want to do. You just never know what's going to light somebody's fire. Uh, but the show certainly provides an opportunity on multiple fronts. It does, and it certainly lit your fire, or it, or it kept it going. I know you were interested <laughs> in hunting and fishing before you got into the show, but you've made it your life's work, and you know so have I. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I feel that I haven't worked a day in my adult life. <laughs> I'm doing the things that people only do on the weekend, and, and of course then writing about it. Paul, we've got to take a break here. Will you stay with me if I uh, come back with a few more questions? Of course. Thank you. All right. I'm talking with Paul Smith, the outdoors editor for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I'm Dan Small. We'll be back with more right after this. The 82nd Annual Journal Sentinel Sports Show returns to Wisconsin State Fair Park March 9th through 12th. The longest-running outdoor recreation show in the nation features big-name entertainment, outdoor skills learning, and hundreds of vendors and businesses. Headlining the show is outdoors woman, TV show host, author, and social media personality, Eva Shockey. Learn fishing strategies from Bass Elite Series pro John Cruz. And self-proclaimed grillologists Mad Dog and Merrill will demonstrate their grilling secrets. For Journal Sentinel Sports Show tickets and information, go to jssportshow.com. Outside, let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Introducing the all-new OutdoorNews.com. The most trusted source for all things out of doors in the Great Lakes region just got better. At OutdoorNews.com, you'll now have full access to every outdoor news story, breaking news and updates, our comprehensive fishing and hunting reports, pro tips, and much more for our seven-state region and beyond. Top hunters and anglers look to Outdoor News to keep them up to date and ahead of the crowd. Now it's easier than ever with the all-new OutdoorNews.com. 
Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. The Wisconsin Open Season Sportsman's Expo, presented by Progressive and Can-Am, returns to Kalahari Resorts and Conventions in the Wisconsin Dells, March 24th through 26th. Come see the latest products, gear, and equipment for hunting and outdoor enthusiasts. Try before you buy cutting-edge products and shop special show-only pricing. Also, bring your buck for scoring in the Trophy Deer Contest. Purchase tickets in advance online at OpenSeasonSportsmansExpo.com. The Wisconsin Open Season Sportsman's Expo is presented by Progressive and Can-Am. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Hey, I've been talking with Paul Smith. He's the outdoors editor for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And we started talking about the 82nd annual Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show coming to State Fair Park next week. And, of course, there's information and advanced tickets available at jssportsshow.com. But, gosh, we got to talking about Victor the Wrestling Bear and some of the features that are going to be at this show. And I... I want to talk about a couple of other things. Paul, another thing that I remember from the sports show in past years is, first of all, it was always around St. Patrick's Day weekend, and I had friends who would come down from up north to fish for steelhead when the spawning run was on. Daryl Warren and Chris Beeksman, if you guys are listening, you know the story. They'd come in with a big grin and sunburns, and they smelled like spawn, so I knew they were catching fish. (laughs) This is a time when... There's so much happening. It's what I call transition time in Wisconsin's outdoors, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. This steelhead fishery is just remarkable. There's rivers down here. If people are coming into this part of the state from outside of it, they should really think about planning some fishing along with their trip to the show. I grew up, as we mentioned in the first segment, in Racine County. So I fished the river when I was a kid. Sure. And it was, at the time, one of two of the brood rivers for steelhead in the state. The Kiwani was the second. And so they stocked the most in those two rivers. And I know memories can sometimes be a little bit out of whack with reality, but there were times when we would catch 20 in an afternoon. Oh, my. And the fish were just thick in there. Now the Milwaukee River... The Menominee River, Oak Creek, and the root, they're all within 25 miles of each other. Yeah. All four of those have steelhead runs that are worth fishing. The beauty of it is you can be a little bit like Goldilocks. You can pick the one that's just right when you're there because the flows in spring will fluctuate quite a bit. Yeah. But one of those four is typically in very good condition for steelhead. And boy, that's the time. I'm just chomping at the bit to get out and do it. Now, this winter has been unusual. So I actually steelhead fished in December. Wow. And many of the rivers are already covered with ice and the fish are in there. They're just not accessible. This winter, most every week, you could fish for brown trout and steelhead in southeastern Wisconsin. It's been the best single season, starting in November, and it's going to continue now because we've had this 40-degree spell. There's, um, I don't think we're going to have a prolonged cold snap to ice everything over again. So I think this is the best season for steelhead and brown trout fishing ever. Wow. You're making me uh, wish I could spend a few more days there. Daryl and Chris would always come and say, hey, can you come out and fish with us? And I said, no, I'm stuck here at the show. And that was when it was a 10-day show. And, uh, you know, I would try to get out for an afternoon during the week. You know, there are other rivers uh, up the coast, and I'm, I know you're well aware of them, the Sheboygan and some smaller ones that I won't mention, and then the Manitowoc and the Anape and, gosh, up into Door County. And like you said, if one river is too brown, too high, too low, got too much ice, there's always one somewhere that's got fish in it and that is fishable. That's a beautiful thing to have that flexibility. The other thing, Dan, is because of the low ice 
fit cover this winter on the Great Lakes, many of our harbors are open for fishing. Brown trout particularly hang out close to the harbors, close to shore. So here in the Milwaukee Harbor, and I bet many others, people have been able to take part of that. And there's a bunch of lake trout, too, that are relatively close. And you never know if you're out there trolling, you run into some coho salmon or something else. Open water this winter has been unusual, and it probably and it's cut into some ice fishing time, but there's other opportunities if you're able to be flexible. Absolutely. Well, let's get back to the sports show for just a couple of minutes here. I know you talked to Eva Shockey. I think more people are familiar with her father, Jim Shockey, because of his long TV career and his very broad presence in the outdoor media and the hunting industry. What was your impression of Eva? I've met her and I've interviewed her myself, but I'm just curious to know what you thought of her. I was very impressed with her, Dan. Very intelligent and articulate. She is really quite a role model for female hunters. Uh, and the reason is she started hunting late in life, even though she had a father who hunted and they grew up on Vancouver Island mm-hmm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. And she had opportunities to hunt, um, but she didn't when she grew up. When she moved away from home for college, uh, well, and I have to tell you, her her mother was a gardener, uh, and her dad provided uh, venison, uh-huh. moose or elk or deer, and that's what that's what they ate when she grew up. They uh-huh. grew, they they bought almost nothing from a store. Mm-hmm. Vegetables came from the garden, meat came from the hunt. When she went away to college, she told me a story where she called her dad up and said, "I got to do something about this because suddenly I got to go to a store and provision myself." <laughs> yeah. you're right. I've uh, interviewed her a couple of times when she wrote a book a couple years ago. I had her on the radio show and uh, yeah, she told me uh, pretty much the same story that she started hunting because she wanted real food again. She's a great model for living off the land, so to speak, or getting back to the land. And I know a lot of people want to do that today. Uh, One of the reasons my wife and I moved over here to the Driftless area is so that we could have a bigger garden and have some livestock. We live off of our garden and our deer, and I butchered a sheep just the other day, and I know what that's like. And it's great to see someone in her generation continuing that tradition that she learned at home, really. Right. Showgoers this year will have a chance to see her speak in person. One day of the show, they should check the schedule because she's going to be there for two, and I'm just not sure. One of them, I believe, is an autograph session only, and the other is a question-and-answer presentation where she'll talk about things. They'll have a chance to see if they if they uh, ever wanted to see Eva Shockey. Here's their chance. All right. Well, we're going to have to let you go, Paul, but I will see you very soon at the sports show and look forward to rekindling the nostalgia that you and I have been talking right. about here. That's one of the many things that the sports show does for us. So thanks so much for sharing your insights and a little bit of your memory of the sports show. Always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you. I'll see you at the show. Absolutely. Paul Smith is the outdoors editor for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel sports show, the 82nd annual sports show coming to State Fair Park Thursday through Sunday, March 9th through the 12th. You can get information and advance tickets online at jssportshow.com. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio.
The Wisconsin Open Season Sportsman's Expo, presented by Progressive and Can-Am, returns to Kalahari Resorts and Conventions in the Wisconsin Dells, March 24th through 26th. Come see the latest products, gear, and equipment for hunting and outdoor enthusiasts. Try before you buy cutting-edge products and shop special show-only pricing. Also, bring your buck for scoring in the Trophy Deer Contest. Purchase tickets in advance online at OpenSeasonSportsmansExpo.com. The Wisconsin Open Season Sportsman's Expo is presented by Progressive and Can-Am. Attention future hunters, hunting season for turkey, small game, and deer is right around the corner. Don't wait to think about hunter education. The time to enroll is now. The Wisconsin DNR offers several options to choose from, making it easier than ever to enroll. Just browse for upcoming youth or adult hunter education classes at gowild.wi.gov and join the ranks of today's hunter education graduates who are ensuring the safe future of our hunting heritage. Classes fill up quickly, so don't wait. Enroll today. A message from Wisconsin DNR. Introducing the all-new OutdoorNews.com, the most trusted source for all things out of doors in the Great Lakes region just got better. At OutdoorNews.com, you'll now have full access to every outdoor news story, breaking news and updates, our comprehensive fishing and hunting reports, pro tips, and much more for our seven-state region and beyond. Top hunters and anglers look to Outdoor News to keep them up to date and ahead of the crowd. Now it's easier than ever with the all-new OutdoorNews.com. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded ATV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to hike to, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Jeff Kelm. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. Cedar Lake Sales will have uh, lots of boats on display at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show March 9th through the 12th at State Fair Park. Check out their website or Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Find out about their upcoming DU Expo at DuckExpo.com. That's DuckExpo.com. And by the Wisconsin DNR Hunter Education Program. Want to go hunting? Sign up for hunter education or learn to hunt classes at DNR.wi.gov. And our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, may not be airing where you live now, but you can watch past episodes at MilwaukeePBS.org. And you can also watch it on uh, Thursday night on Milwaukee PBS on Channel 10 and Saturday morning as well. And last year's Deer Hunt Wisconsin show, along with other shows from past years, all those are available archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. And this show can be downloaded at any time. Go to lake-link.com and you can uh, uh, find this show, past shows as well. Download them, take them with you. That way you can listen to them when you've got time and uh, listen to them over and over and over again. That'd be great for us. Thanks. Uh, you can find over. Dan on <laughs> social media uh, at Dan Small Outdoors. You can find me throughout the week here at Hardwater Jeff. Yeah, well, I think some people do binge listen to shows, but I think I would listen sure. to you know multiple episodes rather than the same one over and over again unless you like to give yourself a headache i, I cherry pick like i am even if i like a particular podcast mm-hmm. i cherry pick subjects yeah so i'll just go through certain you know it doesn't matter whose podcast it is if it's a subject matter i want that's what i'll listen to yeah well folks don't do that to our show just listen to the whole thing right <laughs> and <laughs> right, by the way, right right yeah you have forget that advice yeah you, you can cut Jeff's parts out if you want, but uh, <laughs> he's always at the beginning and at the end of the show. So a- anyway, and, and our show is now available as a podcast as well on the new Outdoor News website. Go to OutdoorNews.com and find the podcast tab, and you'll see our show and, and several others as well, including Rob Dreesline's show from Minnesota. This week's giveaway, six pairs of tickets to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show next weekend. I'll be there all weekend, as I mentioned. 
To enter the drawing, call 414-297-7554 or email dsoradio at gmail.com. Leave your name and number and email address if you call us, because that's how I'll probably contact you. Mention the Sports Show Ticket Giveaway. Time is running out, folks, but the DNR is still looking for bear dens in their litter and diet survey. So if you have run across a bear den in your outings this winter, give them um, a report. Let them know that you that you found it and where it is. And they're not going to capture the bears. They're just trying to determine how their um, reproduction rates compare to past years. And they're uh, looking to improve the accuracy of population estimates. So... And they're also looking at uh, what's the connection between human food sources, you know, garbage, produce, bear bait, and whatever else people uh, leave around for bears to eat, dog food, <laughs> uh, between uh, connection between that and litter size and cub survival. Permanent ice shanties must be removed. I think this is the weekend for the Madison Lakes, and other <laughs> dates vary, so check the details uh, on the DNR website. And there are several public meetings coming up on proposed waterfowl hunting regs, March 7 through 9. And if you go to the DNR website and click on or type in waterfowl hunting regs or waterfowl meetings, you can get information on that. Well, our theme music is by Warren Nelson. Warren and friends are are presenting a series of concerts this spring. Next up, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th at 7 p.m. at the Harborview Event Center in Washburn. And then on Sunday, March 19th, they'll be at the Park Theater in Hayward for a matinee concert at 3 p.m. For other events, visit warrennelson.com and click on the media page. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Good luck this weekend, Jeff. Thanks, Dan. And folks, get outside this weekend and be sure to join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. I'll be true.